Well, good morning, Victory Midtown. How y'all feeling this morning? Well, the fire is hot in this room right now. I feel God already moving. Some of y'all were kind of trying to contain yourself while that little flow was going right there on the bumper. It's all right. You can move. Listen, happy new year to everyone in the building and happy new year to everyone worshiping with us online. Can we do this one more time? Can we turn at the camera and just wave at everyone who are worshiping with us online and say, good morning. Good morning and good morning to everyone here. Listen, I'm excited as we're kicking off this first service of the new year. And I'm excited about it, not just because we have another opportunity to come to church. I'm excited about it because for for some of us, this is the first time that you've been to church in maybe nine months. And so if you are back in the building for the very first time in a long time, as Emily said, we welcome you back. We're glad that you took the step to come out with us today. As you see, we're making sure that we try to take all the precautions to make sure you're safe. And we're going to continue that by opening up that 1 p.m. service next week. And we're really excited about that. So I want to say a couple things before I jump into the message. Number one, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who actually sent the congratulations, a like, a confetti or whatever on social media or a text message for Kendra and I's announcement about Baby Moment coming into the world 2021. If you didn't know, surprise. We're adding to our family. We have a son expected to come into the world uh, June 2021, and we're super excited. Uh, if you have been here for any length of time, yeah. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you because if you've been here for any length of time, you know that we've talked about our journey and we have been praying and you've been praying with us. Many of you, you finally kind of said, I knew something. I knew something. So just to kind of kind of give any disclaimers out there. Kendra, that's why she was wearing the oversized jackets and the oversized uh, hoodies and things like that. She wasn't acting weird. You know, she had to stand off a little bit. And so we just really appreciate everyone for honoring us during this time and just even giving that space because, as you know, with all the different things going on in the world, we still have to be careful. We have to kind of take some extra precautions as we are inviting and ready for our promise to come into the world in June 2021. Give God praise one more time for that. And I want to brag on you for a second before I jump into the message. Um, If you've been around Victory for any length of time, you know every year at the end of the year, we give our Christmas gift to the world. And what we say is we want to give our best gift to Jesus. We want to make sure that we don't spend more money on ourselves and on loved ones that are right around us, that we don't actually give a gift to Jesus. And then when we give that gift to Jesus, what we do is we make sure that we bless other people who couldn't have done it for themselves. So this year, round of applause, we gave over all three campuses $569,000 for Christmas gift to the world. You can do better than that. You, all of us, we gave $569,000 to make sure that we were a blessing to those in Ethiopia and right here in Gwinnett County or right here in Atlanta. So we're excited about that. And what I'm excited about is that even as we were in here and Emily was just talking about the thirst service and the corporate prayer, the reason why we get excited about Christmas gift to the world for many reasons, but this one thing I want to say is last year, if you didn't know, we were the recipient of the Christmas gift to the world and it helped us to be able to take that next step and find our permanent location. So this will probably be the last year where we join for seven days of uh, prayer and fasting because we'll be having a service at our Midtown building next time. Somebody give God praise for that. I'm excited about that. 
And so real quickly, what we do every year, we round that number up. And so we'll give $600,000 away to those two organizations, $300,000 each. And so we thank God that we're not a church that just talks about helping people, but we really want to put our money where our mouth is. So thank you for your generous gift. Now, I want to say this because I know some of y'all are new or I know some of you just haven't been here in a while and you walked into worship today and you were like, it is crazy in here. And I want to say this because I said this in a nine o'clock service. The Lord kind of has been dealing with me this week and really wanted me just to take a moment and set some ground rules. He wanted me not just to kind of roll into 2021 and kind of, you know, you go into it like you've gone into other things. And what I mean by those ground rules is I want to just make sure I give you freedom and liberty to fully receive and to fully express everything that God is saying to you and he's doing through you. So what does that mean? If you're used to and you want to say amen after something that hits your heart and your spirit real good, come on, say what? If you want to stand up and you want to put the stink face on and that was good to you, you can do that too. If you want to wave your hand and something is good to you, if you're in worship and you want to move around a little bit, yeah, keep your distance, but move around as well. The reason I'm saying that is because 2020 taught us something. 2020 taught us that you can't schedule bad news. Bad news is going to come whether you want it or not. But what you can do is be intentional about when you have an opportunity to rejoice, you take that opportunity to rejoice. Amen? So I just wanted to free us up because in this year, as we move forward, even as I ministered today, I want you to understand, I want to kind of just set you, set you up for something. I'm not going to preach a traditional sermon today. So if you want to hear a, a traditional sermon or you want to hear a full message of things that we've preached before, you can go and uh, go to our YouTube page or our YouTube page. And that's a shameless plug for that. Subscribe. And so you can get those notices. But what I am going to do I really want to speak more of a shepherding word today. I really want to kind of set us up to go into this new year the right way. And now there will be some things that you take home with you and there will be some things that you grab, but here is what I want to make sure we do. I don't want to just speak to your intellectual self today. I don't even want to just speak to your Sunday morning smile self today. I want to speak to the fullness of who you are and with doing that, what I need you to do is I need you to what? I need you to lean in, and I need you to more so than your posture of your body, I need you to lean in with your spirit. Because I'm going to say some things today that may not be all formed, they may not be kind of all pretty and put together, but they'll be words for life for us to set ourselves up for success for this year. Amen? Amen. So as I jump into this message, I just want to kind of share something. Now, we know the new year has started. This is the first Sunday of the year. Many people already made a lot of New Year's resolutions. How many people made a New Year's resolution? Don't be shamed. It's okay. Y'all are like, I am not raising my hand, even if I did. Well, for some of us, we've made them, and some of us have not. And I saw this meme, and I think one of the reasons why some of us don't is because of this. There was this meme that said, this dear New Year's resolution... Well, it was fun while it lasted. Sincerely, January 2nd. <laughs> and the reason I saw that and I put that up is because a lot of times what we do is we do get, you know, hyped about the new year. We put New Year's resolutions together. But a lot of times they go away real quick. And what I want to do today, I want to make sure that we do understand that nothing magical happens when the calendar goes to January 1st. But the new year does present us with some opportunities. 
the new year allows us to kind of take a breath and to kind of refresh and to kind of look at things and just puts a line of demarcation in the sand to say, okay, I want to start some things new. So if you're following by version, these particular things that I'm going to talk about, they're right there in your app, and they're going to put them on the screen as well, because I do want to just kind of give you a couple things that the new year does present us. Number one, the new year gives us an opportunity to redefine our priorities. It allows us to ask, ask ourselves, are the things that I'm doing, are they important or are they just urgent? If we're honest, some of us in the last year or the years of our lives, we've gotten so caught up in the things that just come at us that we don't prioritize. We just kind of respond to the things that are urgent. Number two, it gives us an opportunity for us to redefine our purpose, to redefine our purpose, to really get back in sync. Well, am I going in the right direction? Am I on track to doing what God truly called me to do? Number three, it gives us an opportunity to redefine our life's vision. Many of us in here, we know that God has called us to some things, but we can get off track at times. Number four, it gives us the opportunity to reestablish, hear this, worthwhile goals. Worthwhile goals. I'm not just talking about the good ideas. I'm not just talking about I want to try a new profession right now. I'm not just talking about I want to just kind of figure out, can I do this over here? Worthwhile goals. And then number five, it gives us the opportunity to bury the past and move into a future that we haven't created yet to bury the past and move into a future that we haven't created yet. Now, when I say that, I do want to be very intentional about saying this. There have been some lessons that we learned in 2020. So when I say bury the past, what I'm saying is not to stay confined to what 2020 did to you, even if they were really good things. What I am saying is that we do need to take hold of the lessons that we learned from 2020 and actually enact them into 2021. Can I get an amen in the room? So as we're looking at this, Again, I really believe God really wants us to go deep this year. Kendra and I were talking, and, and what we said as we were even praying through and praying for you as the congregation, we said we really believe that God wants us to go deep with the people who want to go deep. And now when I say deep, I'm not speaking Christianese. I'm not saying now I'm going to be walking around weird and, you know, I'm going to be floating off a cloud with angels and stuff. What I'm saying is that as God is speaking to us, we will be able to take what we get on a Sunday morning, what we get in small groups, what we get by being connected to the local body and go deep with those things, meaning there's accountability that comes with that. Meaning that we don't want to just operate and be the same people that we were before. So as we walk through this, I want to just really speak to, the main thing that I'm speaking to today is our posture, is our posture. You heard me minister a couple of weeks ago. I ended the message talking about our posture, and I said, peace changes our posture. Peace changes our posture. I want to give you another line today to write down and to remember this as you go through the week, because there is something about posture that can determine how you actually see the subsequent actions that will go on through the, through the year. And the statement that I want you to write down is that our posture determines our perspective. Our posture determines our perspective. When I say that, what I'm saying is that the way you actually start this year and the way you put your outlook on the things of God will actually determine how you filter things that come at you this year. And if we can already start off by saying, hey, I'm going to take a posture that's strong. I'm going to take a posture that I'm going to start and I'm going to finish well. What happens is that a lot of things that try to come at you, they just roll off you. Because they know they won't stick with you because you've already made the decision. 
So as I was thinking about this, something happened on New Year's Eve. I woke up on that morning like I do most mornings, and I start my day by kind of taking my prayer time and meditation time, and I take some time to pray and just hear what God is saying. And this particular day on Thursday, New Year's Eve, I started to pray, but then the Lord just kind of just in my spirit just nudged me, said, hey, open up the blinds. And so I opened up the blinds, and this picture is what I saw. This is, I actually took this picture when I opened up the blinds. Now, when I open up, that blind, open up the blinds and I see that, many of you, when you see that, you could actually put a meme right there and say, 2020 be like. <laughs> because when you look at that, it's a lot of fog. It's hard to see. And what you may or may not know is that outside of this picture, when that fog is not there, what you actually see in this very same vantage point is you see the Mercedes-Benz dome. You see beautiful high-rises in Atlanta. You see the lights. You see all these beautifully constructed buildings. But what I want you to get is that this fog is not actually taking away what's behind it. It's just kind of covering it a little bit. And I'm here to kind of speak something prophetically. What that means is that I want you to hear with your spiritual ears and not just your intellectual ears. I'm here to say to you that while you've been navigating through some fog, there's still something beautiful behind that fog. While you've been navigating through the fog and it's hard to see what's in front of you, it's hard to see the beautiful things that God has constructed in your life, I need you to still maintain your posture and say, Lord, come what may, I still believe your promise. So as we're walking through this, here it is. There's something beautiful behind your perspective. And for a lot of people, 2020 has been a big season of fog. Now, everybody didn't do bad in 2020. There have been some good things that happened in 2020. But all of us were affected by 2020. So as we look through how we were affected, I want to let you know that there has been a season of fog. But how many of you know seasons are meant to change? I don't think y'all caught that in the spirit. Seasons are meant to change. And as we look at seasons changing, I was, I was doing some research and I was looking at this, and I came across this term called seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. See, I know I have a lot of intellectuals in here. I have some people that, that kind of study in the medical field. Y'all already know what I'm talking about. Seasonal affective disorder, the acronym for that is SAD. And I'm saying that and I'm bringing that up again for you to take note that while you've been kind of walking through this season of fog, some of you have allowed this season of fog to make this year sad for you. And the reason why I brought that picture up even today is because when I saw it, I already knew. I said, some people are going to wake up on New Year's Eve and look outside and say, oh, same stuff, different day. Even on January 1st, there was still fog outside. So some of y'all woke up and was like, oh, here we go again. And I just want us to take a posture. I want us to get an understanding that it's not about the things that are around us, but it's about how we're going to be founded from the inside that God is going to really carry us. Amen. So here it is. As I was looking at that, I want to just say a couple things about that seasonal affective disorder, that sad time, because I believe if we can actually cast that away, we'll walk in a new version of life this year. Sad, it actually comes from, and it actually forms a sense of depression. The symptoms typically include a depressed mood, sleeping too much, fatigue, lethargy, and increased appetite, especially for sugar or carbs. Somebody said, yeah, that got me. 
When I said that, you know, some of y'all, you weren't affected or you weren't infected by COVID-19, but you were affected by that COVID-15 this year. I'm speaking for myself. I remember Kendra and I, we were going to do a photo shoot, and I put these particular pair of jeans on. I was like, oh, Jesus. I work out every day, and this is kind of going down. I say that, and that's funny, but here it is. For some of us, this seasonal affective disorder may not be clinical, but it's real spiritual. Because while you started 2020 very strong, we were going along our business in January. We were going along our business in February. We got into March, and we were like, all right, this is good. And then in mid-March, all hell broke loose. And everything changed. Business started to shut down. Schools started to shift. Cruise lines, vacations that you had. Some people in the room, marriages and weddings that you had planned had to shift a little bit. And that wedding of 200 actually turned into a wedding of 20 with people on Zoom. The men in the house said, thank you, Jesus, for my, for my wallet, though. I don't mind that. But no matter how it affected you, there was still an effect, and it was very spiritual. So here it is. When I thought about it, when I started to look at this seasonal affective disorder, what I found was that the greatest counteracting of that is light. And what it said is that light therapy actually helps people. And, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because we are called as the body of Christ to be what? To be the light. And as we're walking through the light, again, I'm talking to you because I want to found some stuff in us. I want to make sure that we're strong. I want to make sure that our foundations are strong. When we understand light, there are many benefits. Light helps us perceive properly. It allows you to see clearly where to go and not to go. It improves the quality of our rest. We're able to relax and rest in the things of God when the light is there. It wards off seasonal depression, and our senses respond to that light. So I want to say something to you. Again, I'm making a couple prophetic declarations. Again, that just simply means I'm speaking in the spirit about what is already done for you, not about something that may come. And if you can grab this, if you can just lean into your spirit real quick and actually stop letting your mind fight it, because some of you, as I'm saying these things, you're like, oh, I know I'm supposed to hear this in church. I know this is supposed, supposed to be good, but I need you to release right now. Somebody do like this. Come on. I need you to release everything that's been trying to hold you. I need you to shake off 2020. I need you to shake off the fog. I need you to lift your hands and wave your hands right now. Create that spirit of liberty and say, God, I'm starting anew. So as we look at this, I want you to hear this statement I'm getting ready to make because this is an announcement to you and an announcement to your spirit. I came to tell you today that the time of your sad days are over. Y'all act like that was just, I, I know I just said it and I said it kind of casual, but I want you to receive it. The time for your sad days are over. I know you have a little trauma behind you. You're thinking, I heard this before. I'm going to say it one more time, and I just need you to say, yes, Lord. The time for your sad days are over. And what I mean by that, hear me very intentionally, because you guys know me, most of y'all that have been around here for a little while. I'm not just speaking this pie in the sky thing. What I'm saying is that the time for you to be affected and walk into disorder because of seasons changing is over. Just because something happens around you doesn't mean you have to take it in and let it happen to you. 
And so as we walk through this time, I want us to grab this because not only are your sad days over, it's time for you to shine and it's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to shine and it's time for you to stand up. So as we walk through this time, again, as I'm speaking these things to you in the spirit, I want you to grab this and I want to go to the first scripture that really I want you to even meditate on for the rest of this week. The announcement that I made about it being time to shine and the time to stand comes from this prophetic scripture in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says this, hear it and receive it in your spirit. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. I could stop right there. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord. For your light has come. And the glory and brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, Jerusalem, and his glory and brilliance will be seen on you. I need you to do this. I need you to touch your chest right here and say, the glory of the Lord is coming on me. And what the glory means, it means God's weightiness. It means his, how he shows himself strong. It means his radiance through you. And so as we look at this and I make that announcement, even if you see right here in the scriptures in Isaiah 60, it does not say that there won't be any dark times. It does not say that you're going to go happy, happy, joy, joy, and you're going to leave a church service and now everything is going to be solved. What it says is that while glory is right, while darkness is all around you, the glory and the light of God still shines over you. So here it is. I need you to make this declaration. I'm probably going to have y'all say a lot of stuff back to me today because I don't want to just have this. I want you to grab it. I want you to repeat this after me. Number one, put your hand on your head. Put one hand on your head. And I want you to say this. This year, this year I will not be held, will not be held captive by my circumstance. Say it one more time. This year, I will not be held captive by my circumstance. The reason I'm having you say that and touch your head because some of us think ourselves out of the will of God. Some of us, we're thinking too much. God has already told you some things that he wants to do this year, but you're rationalizing with him. And so I want you to move from your head to your heart. And I want you to say it one more time. This year, I will not be captive to my circumstance. Come on, one more time, say it with fervor. This year, I will not be held captive by my circumstance. So that means that heartbreak that I experienced in 2020, that means that job that shifted on me in 2020, that means that relationship that I thought was a friendship that shifted on me in 2020, that means my money that shifted on me in 2020, that means those who I thought they were my besties and now they act like they don't even see me when I'm walking through the same space as them. It's different in 2020. I declare and I decree that you will not be held captive to your circumstance. So as we walk through this, I love how Jackie Hill Perry, she tweeted this out. She put it on Instagram the other day. Some of y'all saw it because I saw your name under the like portion. She said this. She said, even if next year is just like this year, I won't be. She said, even if 2021 doesn't change, I will. I need some of y'all to grab that in the spirit. Even if stuff happens like it used to last year, I won't be the same as I was last year. Even 
if this year still presents the same stuff at me, throws the same hell at me, throws the same challenges at me, I will not be the same that I was in 20. I'm getting happy up here all by myself. So as we wonder what God is saying, I want you to know that he's saying you have to take on a posture of victory right now. See, I don't believe it's an accident that you come to Victory Church. You didn't sign up and register and go to Depressed Church. You didn't sign up and come and say, okay, I want to visit so-so, I'm just feeling all right, church. You didn't sign up and say, okay, I'm okay with my circumstances, church. You said, I want to be a part. I want to show up at 11 a.m. to Victory Church. And as we understand who we are, there's a lot in our names because what our name does, it drives us into purpose. And so I don't believe anyone, even if this is your very first time ever being here, I don't believe it's an accident. I believe God monitored and he shifted you and he directed you here because this word for you is actually going to set the course for your entire year. So as we walk through this, hear this. Matthew chapter 5 tells us how to walk through this. Matthew chapter 5, it reminds us of who we are. You've heard this scripture before if you've studied the scriptures for any length of time, but I want to give it to all of us because I want to make sure we all get it. Those who are watching online, I need you to really lean into this right now because they're going to put it on the screen. It's going to be in the lower thirds right there for you, and you can grab this right here. Shout out to the production team. Come on. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, it says this. You are the what? Come on, victory. You are the what? It says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your what? Let your what? Let your what? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, what the scripture is very easily and very quickly and very succinctly saying to us is that no one lights a light and then puts it under a basket. What it's saying to us is that instead what they do is that they put the light on what? A stand. And so as I'm talking about, I was giving you a little foreshadowing, as I'm talking about our posture, the posture that I'm talking about is we have to be able to get in a posture that we're going to stand. In this year, even when things come at us, we're going to have to stand. And so as we walk through this, I want to let you know something about light and about being on a stand. A light does not change its job description just because darkness comes around. Y'all didn't catch that. That kind of went right here. I'm going to say it on this side of the room. A light does not change its job description just because darkness shows up. What a light does is says, hey, when darkness is up, I'm still showing up and light is here and I'm showing up and I'm going to be who I've been called to be. Because the reality is, as we look through this, light doesn't negotiate with darkness. And I keep hearing and I keep hearing, I think it's for this room and I think it's for somebody online. Some of us in this room, we've spent too much time negotiating with dark things. We spent too much time letting that person still call me talking about you up. I know I'm meddling right now. We spend too much time going back 
falling for the same type of person that keeps showing you the same type of thing. You're wondering why you're going through cycle after cycle after cycle, wondering why you can't get out of this because you keep letting your flesh choose and God is saying, I want your spirit to choose. That was a commercial brought to you by Jesus Christ. That's not in my notes. That's for somebody right here in the room or for online. Somebody say amen if you can say it. So as we're walking through this, hear this. The way we take that posture to stand is that we have to do a few things. I'm going to give you a couple quick things because I do want you to be able to grab this and take this home with you. The first way that we have to stand is we have to stand firm. I want you to do this right here. I know I'm kind of up here like going in. I want you to do this. Put your phone on the side a little bit. Just do this. I want to stand firm. I know some of y'all ladies, y'all not used to doing this, but stand firm. Come on, get with me. Work with me. We need to stand firm. And what that means is that I am making a decision up front that I'm going to stand. To stand firm just means that I'm not waiting on something to come at me to, to, to decide how I'm going to show up. See, my wife knows me. When I step out of the house, I'm walking in authority. When I walk into rooms, it's not an arrogance. It's a godly confidence to say, you led me here, so I might as well show up. In Victory Midtown, I want you to carry that same spirit with you, whether you're going into the boardroom, whether you're on Zoom on the call, whether you're going into a new position, whether you're going into new family planning. I want you to be able to show up and say, hey, I'm making a decision that I'm going to stand today. So I'm not just kind of tickling your ears right here. I want you to know what it means to stand and what it takes to stand. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it says this, and I love these first two words of the scripture because this is what I want to do for us. This is where I'm leading us as a shepherd, as a pastor of Victory Midtown. It says, be prepared. I'm slowing down on purpose because sometimes we run over these things. We can quote the scriptures, but we don't walk in any of the power of the scripture. It says, be prepared. It's given us a forewarning and said, you're up against far more than you can handle on your own. I need you to look at somebody on your left and right and say, I don't want to do this alone. Come on, if you're not used to talking, talk through that mask. I know you're trying to hide behind that mask. Those online, I need you to put into the chat. I don't want to do this on my own. It says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon that God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. You're standing firm. It goes on to say truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. I hope y'all are getting this. I'm sorry, that I, but I'm not sorry. I have to just keep getting this. As I'm hearing these words, they're becoming life to me. And I want them to become life to you. It says the truth is more than words. It says these five words right here, learn how to apply them. So what we're going to be doing this year, next week we're going to be casting vision. Next week we're going to be talking about what the vision of Victory Church looks like and where we're going. We're going to be starting that seven-day prayer and fasting. But if you don't actually make a decision up front that you're going to learn to apply these things, you will get left behind. And my desire, Kendra's desire, our staff, that the pastors here at Victory, our desire is for you not to get left behind. Our desire is for us to go deep with those who want to go deep. Yes. 
Our desire is to invite accountability and to invite those who will come and walk alongside of you. Let me keep going. Again, it says, learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential. That's why these seven days of prayer and fasting, even if you can't be in the building, make sure you stream in. If you can't make it to Norcross, make sure you stream in, follow the devotionals, text greatness to 20, 30, 40. (laughs) It says pray in the same way prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. Pray for your brothers and your sisters and keep your eyes open and keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Again, the Lord just kind of keeps making me stop right here. This is not the time, this is not the year to see somebody falling and you just walk by them. This stuff, that I'm, that the Lord, this stuff is not on my notes, y'all. I'm, I'm speaking to this because I know that God really wants us to go to a deeper place. He really wants to awaken some things on the inside of us. This is not the time to, if you are struggling, to try to hide it. This is the time that in the safety of the multitude of counsel for you to open yourself up, and even if you have to pull somebody over to the side, pull a pastor, pull someone who is a prayer leader, and say, I need help. Silent suffering is over. I told y'all this is not going to be a traditional sermon today, but I believe this is the word of the Lord for us in the room and those who are watching online and those connected to this church. Here it is. As we walk through this, we have to make sure that we dispel fear. Because what happens is that the enemy lurks in the shadows of fear. The enemy tries to make you feel isolated. The enemy, the devil, tries to make you think that you're the only one going through this. The devil tries to make you think that, hey, you can't call on on Jesus like that because of what you did yesterday. And this is what I want you to know. We're dispelling fear because I want you to grab this. We've all heard that fear is false evidence appearing real. If you didn't, write that down. Fear is false evidence appearing real, but fear is also a prophesying spirit. And it's a prophesying spirit that speaks of a future that does not have God in it. Let me say that one more time. Fear is a prophesying spirit that speaks of a future that does not have God and his ways in it. So as we're walking through this, we have to, again, make that decision and say, I won't be afraid. Can we say that all over the room? I won't be afraid. Come on, say, can you say it so the devil can hear you? I won't be afraid. So as we're walking through this, write this scripture down or or highlight it in your notes, because this, again, should be a scripture of meditation this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 and 58, it says this, and I'm going to read it from the God's Word translation. It says, thank God that he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, don't let anyone move you off the foundation of your faith. Always excel in the work you do for the Lord. You know that the hard work that you do for the Lord is not pointless. When I was writing that down and when I saw that scripture, the the one-liner that the Lord gave me was this. Some of us, the hard work that we're going to be doing for the Lord is rewiring old habits. I got one. Somebody said... (laughs) You can't say amen, say ouch. 
For some of us, we need to hardwire some old habits and make sure that we actually change those things. The other version of the scripture, I think in the New King James Version, you may have heard this. It says, be steadfast, be immovable. That means even when things are coming again, what are we doing? We're standing firm. And so as we stand firm, we're not moving off our foundation. Here's the second thing and the second posture of standing that we have to take. We have to stand out. Do this with me. Come on. We have to stand out. When I say we have to stand out, here it is. Y'all might not want to hear this, but as the church, we have to stop hiding. Everyone else talks about who they are and what they believe and what they're convicted about except for the church. When I was writing this down, the Lord kind of just, again, just kind of nudges me in different ways. He shows me stuff sometimes through the scriptures, but I was looking at this, and the Lord was like, there's too many secret society Christians in the world today. You know, you give each other the gospel head shake or the gospel nod, and, you know, you keep it moving, you know, blessed with the rest, but, you know, you keep it moving. You don't want anybody to really know. God is saying, this is the season to stand out. This is the season to be who I've called you to be. And the way we do that, again, going back, I'm just going to read the first part of Matthew chapter 5 because I read the second part before. It says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Here it is. Salt is good for two distinct things. It's either good to bring preservation and bring good taste or it's good to be walked on. Again, the Lord is just saying, again, I keep saying this, but some of us were wondering why 2020 felt like I was being trampled on because you didn't stand out in your place. When we don't stand out in our place and be what's supposed to affect the environment, we get affected by the environment. And this year, I don't want us to be stomped on. I don't want us to be trampled on. I want us to stand up in victory, and everywhere we go, we affect it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here it is, to be the light of the world. Write these couple things down, a couple quick attributes. To be the light of the world, we need to shine. We need to stand out and understand that we need to become light. We need to illuminate. We need to be igniters of that light. We need to emit light. means that when we walk in, we smile, we operate in the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. We are to be bright as the sun, understanding that the world needs your light this year. I'm telling you that. You might have thought that you were inconsequential, but the world needs your light this year. So the last thing that I want to let you know, as we stand firm, somebody do this, as we stand out, the last thing we have to do is we have to stand up. We have to stand up. All throughout 2020, what I found and one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that people who were convicted about something, they stood up for what they believed. When there was racial injustice, where, when there were political things, when, when there were things that were kind of going haywire, people showed up and said, hey, I'm not just going to sit for this. I'm going to stand up. And what was the thing they did? They stood up, not by themselves, but they stood up together. Psalm 133, it says this, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life 
forevermore. The summary of that scripture that I want to give you today is the place where the blessing is most prevalent is the place where we can come together in unity. The place where God can move the most is when we don't isolate ourselves, but we stand up together. So as we walk through this, and even as we kind of take this, take inventory in this first Sunday of the year, we have to stand firm. We have to stand out. And we have to be unapologetic about standing up. I want to read the first scripture that I read today. I'm going to read it again. But I want this to hit your spirit, and I want to see if the Lord gives you a response to it. The Bible says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Arise, shine. Somebody got it. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, I'm not just talking about a physical thing. I'm talking about something from the inside. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When I say arise, what I'm saying is get up. I'm saying stand up. I'm saying come to fruition. I'm saying you will endure. I'm saying you now belong to something bigger than yourself. I'm saying raise up. I'm saying establish. I'm saying you will now be kept under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm saying be exalted and raise up against anything that tried to take you out. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light has come. I want to do this right now because I don't want to miss this moment because some of us in this room, yes, you signed up to come to church, but while you came to church, the one who actually made the church possible, Jesus Christ, has not been settled in your heart. For some of us, you may have already confessed Jesus as your Lord, but you may be someone that said, on this first Sunday of the year, I came in here because I need to stand firm again. I need to stand out again. I need to stand up again and make sure that I make a recommitment to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So right now in this room, before we go another step further, we're getting ready to declare some things in a moment. But I don't want us to declare some things without making sure that we all are walking in the fullness of the promise of what God has for us by accepting Jesus. So if you're in this room, and whether you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, or you want to say, hey, I know 2020, I let, I let the fall kind of go over my life. But in 2021, I want to stand firm, stand out, and stand up. I want you to put your hands in the air right now. If that's you in the room and you want to give Jesus your whole heart, I didn't say you had to be perfect, but what I said is you have to give Jesus your whole heart. If you're watching online, right there where you are, I know I can't see you, but the Lord can see you. I need you to put your hands up in the atmosphere right now. Let's cover the room. I want you to, if you want to receive Jesus, repeat after me. Jesus Christ, thank you for being the giver of life. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins so that I can walk forgiven. This day I decide that I'm turning away from my old ways and I'm turning towards you with my whole heart. Today I accept you as my Lord and I accept you as my Savior and I will stand for you and I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hands together and thank God right there. We're getting ready to make some declarations together because again, it's not enough for me to have it. It's not enough for me to get it. I want all of us to walk in this strength. So we're gonna put these declarations on the screen and we're gonna say them all together. I need you to say it with your chest. I need you to say it like your life depended on it. I need you to say it because you're setting the tone for the rest of 2021 and declaring that you will stand strong in Jesus' name. Let's say this first one. Let's say it all together. I declare that I will stand firm according to the authority of Jesus Christ. Somebody say yes. Number two, let's say it. I declare that I will stand out as the light of the world. Somebody say yes. Come on, number three, say it. I declare that I will stand up and live as a standard bearer for Christ. Somebody say yes. Number four, come on. We got to put all our might behind this one. We got to get ready for this one. I need you to say it with all your might. Let's go. I declare that I will shine with the light of Christ. Somebody say, oh, yes. Come on, we're going to worship. I need you to put that in the atmosphere. Some of y'all need to wave out and come out of those old Y'all didn't get it. We are standing firm. We are standing out. And we are standing.